This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. We've made it. We've got one more week left of regular season college football for the 2019 season. It has come. It has flown by. There have been ups. There have been downs. There have been fantastic performances. There have been players who have come out of nowhere. There have been those who have risen from the ashes, and there have been those who have flat out disappointed. We've got one more week, and then we've got our conference championships, and then we'll have bowl season, and then, you know, the college football playoffs. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, playoffs start for some people next week and week 13, the last regular season game for majority of fantasy football players. So you really have to start thinking ahead. You really need to start diving into what's going to be available in your rookie drafts, what's going to be available in Debbie Leagues next year. And I've told you on this show before, after the college football season is over, there will be little, and I mean little 2020 talk. This is a Debbie show. I want to get you guys ready for your Debbie drafts. I want to get you guys ready for the next incoming crop of college football freshmen who will be available in your Debbie draft pool. So I want to give you as much 2020 talk as I possibly can now, and then I'll allow the other fantasy football shows to take that over in the near future. You know, when when the combine rolls around, when there are pro days, absolutely, we'll talk about those prospects and where you should be valuing them as far as draft capital. But, you know, by and large, it's it's about to come to an end, and it has been a fun ride. There have been some players who have, have really stepped up, and I want to talk about guys that are going to be going after pick 24. So for the first round, majority of everybody's big board at this point in time is pretty chalky, right? Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, you know, CeeDee Lamb, players like that are pretty much locked into everybody's first round of rookie drafts. When you start getting towards the middle to the back half of the second, 
and definitely in the third, that's when there's more discussion. That's when there's more, you know, who is this guy? And the usual suspects that we know about are sort of gone. And you really need to know who's going to be available pick 25, who's going to be available at pick 37. And I believe there are some absolutely dynamic talents who are going to fall in your rookie drafts because there's just so much talent in this 2020 class. And in this segment, just keep in mind that I am basing this on the assumption that all these guys declare. We all know that a lot of these players will go back. They'll return for their senior year. They'll return for the Red Shirts junior seasons. But for the purpose of this show and for the purpose of this exercise, let's just assume those 2020 eligible guys are all coming out. So we're talking about Chuba Hubbard, uh, maybe Sage Surratt. We're talking about those Richard sophomores that they all declare for the 2020 draft. Who's going to be around? Pick 35. Who's going to be around at the top of the fourth round and you're in a standard dynasty rookie draft where you've got four rounds? And I believe there are some players who will be available there who are going to make NFL, NFL rosters and who are going to start we're going to be difference makers in fantasy football in the next couple of years. And I'm going to break this down sort of by by positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. I want to talk about undervalued players in your rookie drafts. So let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about the 2020 quarterbacks. And to be honest with you, this quarterback class is not shaping up to be very good right now. I, I know... At a certain point during the season, it was shaping up to be a hell of a lot better than what it looks like right now. But there are really only a handful of guys that I'm even remotely interested in the 2020 class. We all know about Joe Burrow, and we know about Jalen Hurts, and we know about Tua Tungavailoa. There have been reports that Jake Fromm is potentially going to come back for a senior season. I think that would be a wise idea for Mr. Fromm. Justin Herbert has never really just wowed me. He has no choice but to declare for this draft. But when you're talking about an under-the-radar quarterback, now, this is going to not shock anybody because we all know the name. We all know the player. We all know how good he is. But because of his injury, because of the pessimism surrounding his recovery time and his recovery timeline and how he's going to be, how effective he's potentially going to be at the next level, I believe right now, Tua Tungavailoa is a value because he was viewed as the consensus probably 101 in a super flex format. So if he falls to 103, 104, that's a value. I am not a doctor. I have no inside information, but I do know that when Bo Jackson messed up his hip 28 years ago, that medical science, that recovery timelines, that doctors, that procedures, they were not they're not the same. They are much better than they were 28 years ago. Recovery timelines, things that athletes can do to heal their bodies are much different than they were in 1991 when Bo Jackson ruined his hip. And from all accounts, from every report that I've read, although it is the same similar hip injury, there are things that happened during Bo Jackson's after the injury, uh, during his recovery process that are very much different than Tua's. I believe that Tua is going to come back and he's going to perform very, very well at the NFL level. And if you do believe that in the reports that say he could be throwing in front of NFL teams in the next couple of months, that he's expected to make a full recovery, 
you know, even if I, I'm of the mind frame that Tua's rookie season is going to be a redshirt season for him. But if he does recover, if he is ready for training camp, even if a team tells him to sit on the bench and learn for the first eight weeks of the season, if he can get in halfway through the season and just get reps, that's a win. And I think by the time he takes the the reins in 2021, you've got a bona fide stud at the quarterback position. When Tua was in college, dynamic, one of the best passers we've seen from a mental processing standpoint, accuracy, delivery, working through his reads and his progressions, playing in a pro-style offense at Alabama. So if he slips in your super flex drafts and you are able to get him middle of the first, end of the first, maybe even second round, that is a value. That is somebody who you will be happy with on your dynasty rosters for years to come. Now, the reality is by the time you have your rookie draft, the information will be available to all of us. And if two is throwing and looking good, well, you, you might get a couple of pick discount because of Joe Burrow and the success that he's having, but he won't be as big a value as he is right now. So I say, I say this to say, if you can acquire a couple of 2021st that look like they're going to be high, you may be able to get two at a slight discount, even if it's a couple of picks. I would take that. I, th- I think Tua is being underrated and undervalued from an injury recovery standpoint at this point in time. And I'm very much interested in him still in the first round of a dynasty rookie draft. Now, moving on to the running back position, a couple of guys that we still need to pay attention to, we still need to have on our radar some guys that who are not going to go probably within the first 24 picks of your rookie draft, and that is Oklahoma running back Trey Sermon. Now, Sermon is currently out for the season because he injured his left knee, so we're talking about another injury-related discount. But look at his size, man. Trey Sermon at six foot, 220 pounds, he played well every year that he was at Oklahoma. His freshman season, 121 carries, 744 and 5, gave you 16 receptions, 2 TDs. Sophomore season, he really kind of sort of burst onto the scene with 947 yards, 13 TDs, and another 12 receptions. This season, it was a, it's been a down season for all Oklahoma running backs because Jalen Hurts is leading the team in carries, rushing yards, rushing TDs, rushing average. So he really hadn't had an opportunity to shine from, from a running standpoint. But Trey Sermon is still a very talented running back. So I think he's somebody that makes an NFL team. He's a backup. If you're asking me right now, would I rather Trey Sermon or Benny Snell, Trey Sermon or Jonathan Williams, Trey Sermon or a player like that, give me the talent of Trey Sermon. He's somebody that I think you can get a massive discount on based off of the injury right now and the down junior season that he had. So if he does declare, which I do believe he is going to declare for the NFL draft, Trey Sermon is somebody you can you can target after the second round of your dynasty rookie draft, as well as Vanderbilt senior running back Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn blew it up for Vanderbilt last year. 157 carries, over 1,200 rushing yards, 12 TDs, gave you 13 receptions, and just looked really, really explosive. He was somebody that I had ranked inside of my top five running backs, or I believe he might have been top six coming into the 2019 season. But this year, Vanderbilt has not been a good team. They have not been good at all. Kalaja Liscom's been a disappointment. 
Jared Pinckney has been a disappointment. But Keyshawn Vaughn is still displaying explosiveness. He's averaging over five yards a carry. He's added 27 receptions to his resume and almost 300 receiving yards. And he's still gone over 1,000 yards on the ground. Keyshawn Vaughn, another one of those running backs. When you're talking about the top guys in the 2020 class, you're talking about Travis Etienne and Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, uh, Najee Harris, maybe Clyde edwards Elair if he comes out, J.K. Dobbins, Chuba Hubbard. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn is, is pushed down quite a bit. So I believe there's an opportunity again to get a running back with NFL size at 5'10", 220 pounds, has speed, burst, and can catch the ball. Keyshawn Vaughn is somebody that you may be targeting later in your rookie drafts. The last guy is a running back who probably does not profile as a true three-down workhorse back, but he's somebody that is explosive, that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and if you give him a couple of carries a game, he could break one and take one to the house. Really reminds me of Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard, somebody that you can get six to eight touches, manufacture some touches for him in the NFL game, and he could make a difference. And if you need him to spot start or you know, the, if the starting running back goes down for a couple of games, I believe that Washington running back Savan Ahmed can do just that. Again, he's not the biggest running back at five foot eleven, right at 200 pounds, a little under 200 pounds. But what he does have is tremendous burst, tremendous speed. And on the season, he's got over 900 rushing yards and he's got 12 receptions to his name, had 21 catches last year. But Savan Ahmed is somebody that you put him in the backfield, he is going to run fast. He is very very explosive, has multiple 80-yard touchdown runs on the season. That just shows that acceleration, that burst, and that speed. And again, somebody who doesn't profile as a three-down, true three-down workhorse, but if needed, he could step up up to the plate and provide value for your fantasy teams. Now, moving on to the wide receiver position, this is where it gets good. There is going to be so many valuable players at the wide receiver position. It almost makes you think, you know, from a strategic, from a strategy standpoint, do you pass up on one of those first round or second round wide receivers and just wait until the third or fourth to be able to grab a guy like Texas senior wide receiver Devin Duvernay, big play Duvernay, five foot eleven, two hundred and ten pounds. He looks like a freaking running back on the outside. But he has just taken his opportunity this senior season and ran with it. One of the nation's leaders in receptions. He's got 97 catches on the season, over 1,000 yards, 7 TDs, and he is a true speedster. Big play Duvernay is going to run 4-4 and potentially sub 4-4 in the 40-yard dash. He is powerful. He is strong. He can run the full route tree. He he reminds me of a Golden Tate Plus. And again, somebody late second, early third of your rookie drafts, I want Devin Duvernay. And I know a lot of people look, well, he's a senior. It took him this long to break out. UT was a mess offensively for the past couple of years, and they had little Jordan Humphrey there last year who was the alpha wide receiver with Colin Johnson, but Duvernay has lapped Colin Johnson. He is the man on that Longhorns team. He's got an invite to the Senior Bowl, so he'll be there against some of the top talent, so that'd be really interesting to watch those Senior Bowl practices and how he performs against that other you know, top-tier talent, even though he plays in a Power 5 conference, but big play Duvernay, Devin Duvernay out of Texas a value that you'd be able to get later in your rookie drafts. Here's the thing about these 2020 wide receivers. It's really 
What's your flavor? Do you want the speedster? Do you want the big play, uh, big possession receiver that's got athleticism? Do you want the slot receiver that can, you know, work all over the field? I mean, there are so many different variations of these wide receivers that are coming out. And Isaiah Hodgins is no different. The wide receiver out of Oregon State, six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. I mean, he's been productive was productive as a sophomore, which you really like to see, over 800 receiving yards and five TDs. In this season, 78 receptions, almost 1,100 receiving yards, 13 TDs in the Pac-12. Hodgins is a fantastic route runner. He is like the king of the double move. And at six foot four, 210, he has the body size to be a dominant X-wide receiver, can play on the outside. But I've also seen Oregon State line him up in the slot. What's your flavor? What's your personal preference? Do you like the big boy wide receivers? If you do, Isaiah Hodgins is right up your alley. And he's somebody that is not going in the first. He's not going to go in the second. He might go in the third round if you're playing in a league with savvy owners. But he's another one of those guys to target. If you like that six foot four size wide receiver, maybe you pass on a T. Higgins to get you another running back. And if you were able to land, let's just say a J.K. Dobbins, and then you can come back and get Isaiah Hodgins later in your draft, that's a fantastic strategy because I believe Hodgins, too, is going to be a starter on an NFL franchise. Or let me just say this, have the opportunity, a legitimate opportunity to start and contribute on an NFL team. Another one of those big boy wide receivers is USC senior wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. Now, I am a big fan of this kid. He has just worked his tail off. I am a USC Trojans fan, so I'm more critical of everybody on that team than than anybody else in the industry. I mean, if they even if they win, I'm talking about how bad they played and what they could have done better. But Michael Pittman, I I really had him coming into the season as probably the third best wide receiver on the team behind Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vons, and that has not been the case whatsoever. 95 catches, 1,222 yards and 11 TDs. I mean, and that's coming off of a 758-yard season last year as a junior, but he has just taken his game to another level, and he's doing it all over the field in every quadrant. He's winning in multiple ways. He's big body in defensive backs. He's catching bubble screens and outrunning defenses to the end zone. He's leaping over people showing his athleticism. He's running over defensive backs. I I don't know if he's going to fall out of the second round. I, I, I really believe that when it's all said and done, at six foot four, 225 pounds to have that athleticism, to have that NFL pedigree in his background, Michael Pittman Jr. is probably going to test pretty doggone well. And a player of his size, his physicality, and the play that he's put on tape this season, I think he's going to warrant a day two pick in the NFL draft. And if he's picked in day two, I don't know how far he will fall, but there's a potent, there's potential for him to be better than some of the guys who are being picked maybe at the back end of the first, early part of the second round of your rookie drafts. And if it's me, if I'm looking for a big boy wide receiver, 
I think I'm taking Michael Pittman Jr. over somebody that a lot of people love, which is Antonio Gandy-Golden. And that's not a knock on AGG because I think he's talented. But give me the precocious producer that's done it in the Power 5 conference opposed to a guy that's dominating competition in Liberty. Now, AGG is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He is supposed to dominate, and that's what he's doing. But I want the guy who's playing against NFL talent week in and week out, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. I do not believe that he is one step behind, below, or around Antonio Gandy-Golden. I think he's a better wide receiver. He's a better wide receiver. He's a better wide receiver prospect than AGG. Does he have the ceiling that an Antonio Gandy-Golden has? Probably. (laughs) I mean, when you really break down their game— I don't think there's anything that AGG does better, maybe besides sort of that that leaping ability and sort of those spectacular catches, but that's that's no slouch to, to Pittman. I think Pittman is faster. He's more explosive than Gandy Golden. Again, this is not a knock or an indictment on AGG, but this is just to tell you how talented Michael Pittman Jr. is. Another talented big boy wide receiver is Colorado State's junior Warren Jackson. Now, Jackson is the biggest of them all. He's six foot six. So as far as height wise, I mean, he is a towering figure. Six six two twenty, and uh, he's been balling this year. He has been balling. Sixty nine receptions, one thousand thirty five yards, seven TDs. Didn't do much last year as a sophomore and didn't produce much as a freshman, which is always a little concerning. You like to see sophomore production. You like to see them get on the field and produce as freshmen. But Colorado State's had a really good track record of producing talented wide receivers for the NFL. Rashard Higgins, Michael Gallup. So they've got some players in their repertoire that have come into the NFL and produced. And, you know, that archetype at six foot six. There have been few players to come in and really dominate at that height, which is concerning, right? It's just a little concerning that players that big, that tall, how they're going to translate at the next level. But Warren Jackson's a smooth athlete. He's a lot more athletic and twitchy than you'd give him credit for at six foot six. So I do think he's got the potential to come in to the NFL and, and at least early on, if if all else fails, he's a six foot six wide receiver that can go up and get it. All you got to do is throw the ball in his area and he'll be able to catch it. Another one of those guys, he's not being drafted in the first, he's not taken in the second round, third or potentially fourth round of your rookie drafts. Warren Jackson could be a value. Some new hotness that's uh, really starting to take flight is Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims, another senior wide receiver. Now, this is a little bit different because most seniors didn't produce as sophomores or freshmen, but Denzel Mims did. As a sophomore, he had over 1,000 receiving yards, ATDs, dropped off a little bit his junior season, learning that Matt Rule system at Baylor, had 794 yards, another ATDs. But this year, he's come right back to do what he's been doing for his career, and that's producing almost 900 receiving yards, 11 TDs at six foot three, 215 pounds. Mims has fantastic body awareness. He knows where he's on, where he is at on the field at all times. Some of the catches that he makes on the sideline, and when you watch him do it, he's getting both feet down in bounds. It's like he's already preparing for the next level. And I know the inevitable Josh Gordon comps are going to come in because it's a Baylor wide receiver. He's fast, he's big, he's good. But Baylor, again, another one of those schools that have produced legitimate wide receiver talent at the next level. Corey Coleman, Terrence Williams, Josh Gordon. So Denzel Mims is right there in the in the long line, the long lineage of Baylor wideouts. Now, he's somebody that there's some people who absolutely love Denzel Mims. So how far he's going to fall, you know, back into the second, early part of the third 
But again, another one of those guys that you're not going to have to spend top 24 draft capital on, and he could become a very good producer for your dynasty team. So Denzel Mims out of Baylor, another name to keep your another name to kind of write down in your notebook. Keep your eyes out on. We'll see how he tests at the combine. Don't know how uh, bursty he's going to be. I don't think he's a 4-4 guy, but anywhere in the 4-5s, I think that's a great time for a player like Denzel Mims. Body control, physicality, and he catches everything that's thrown to him. Really like his game. Now, one of my favorite wide receiver values in the 2020 class right now is Arizona State senior wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. Now, Ayuk is, you know, he's my type of wide receiver. I like fast players. I like speed. I like speed that translates to the field, that you can see it. And when you watch Brandon Ayuk play, there's no doubt about it. If he gets a step on you, if he's even, he's leaving at six foot one, almost 200 pounds on this season with Nikhil Harry out of the picture. He has been the focal point of that offense, not Eno Benjamin. That thing runs through Brandon Ayuk. 60 receptions, over 1,100 yards, 8 TDs, averaging 18.8 yards of reception. He is fast. He is 4-4, legitimate 4-4 speed, potentially sub 4-4. I think maybe a high 4-3, 4-3-8 is what he'll end up timing at. But he's somebody, man, whew, I think the NFL is going to love this kid. And if he's taking day two, second round, third round, He's going. He's going in the second, the third round of your rookie drafts. But again, you know, I, I make the I make the case. If you're sitting there at the sixth pick in the first round and you're staring down Henry Ruggs because you like speed, you want you a playmaking wideout, you want you that next Tyreek Hill, why not draft your running back? Take Travis Etienne right there. Take J.K. Dobbins. If Najee Harris is there and he tests well, like I think he's going to test a lot better than people think, you go ahead and lock up your running back then backdoor with the Brandon Ayuk in the second. Get your speed speedster a little bit later. I, you know, there are so many different ways that you can build your team in this 2020 draft because it is so incredibly deep, especially at the wide receiver position. If you tell me that I can walk away from my rookie drafts next year with a player like Brandon Ayuk or Warren Jackson or Michael Pittman Jr. in the third round, I, you probably would have had to do a lot to screw up picks one and two because these guys are ultra talented and a lot of names and these are names that a lot of people the, the casual dynasty leaguer have not heard about Warren Jackson they have not paid attention to Michael Pittman Jr. they have not seen a Brandon Ayuk play so by listening to the show by writing these names down by getting your strategy together now you can make some trades for those seconds and thirds you can make some moves right now to position yourself to grab a couple of these guys during your dynasty rookie drafts I'm telling you now the wide receiver position is loaded, it's deep, and it's talented. Strategize, prepare, dominate. Now, when you're talking about tight ends for the 2020 class, this is not 2019. This is not going to be what's available in 2021. I think there are some good prospects from the tight end position, but nobody who is truly elite. We had Grant Calcaterra coming into the season. He was my tight end one in the 2020 class. He had a uh, very serious uh, concussion history, and he announced his retirement this past week, and I wish him all the best. It's good. It's not good when you see that happen, but it's good to see a kid who recognizes that for his long-term health and way of life that he, he makes a decision to give up a game that he loves, and I respect the hell out of Grant for that and wish him all the best in his future endeavors. But that being said, that really takes away from some of the top-end talent in this 2020 class. So I'm all about values. I do not believe you need to even waste 
any draft capital on a tight end in the 2020 class. I know there's Hunter Bryant, Bryson Hopkins. I'm a fan of his as well. If you are desperate for a tight end, those are the probably the top two that I'd be I'd be trying to acquire. You've got players like Jose DeGuara out of Cincinnati, Harrison Bryant out of FAU. But the guy that I want to talk about right now that I'm telling you, Nobody's going to draft him except a couple of people that I communicate with on Twitter that scout and pay attention to crazy deep players like this. But for the most part, 95% of your league mates will never hear of Adam Troutman, the wide receiver out of Dayton. Yeah, Dayton Flyers, you know, best known for what they do on the college basketball court. This kid didn't even have statistics on college sports reference, uh, reference so you know he's a, uh, <laughs> a deep play. But, you know, as the first thing you do when you hear about a tight end is you go look him up, right? You go look up his stats. And when I looked at his stats, the very next thing I had to do was turn on the tape. I had to go see how he looked. And let me tell you something now. Finding tape on Dayton, the football team, is damn near impossible. It was not pretty. It was not fun, and when I finally found some game film, it looked like I had to double-check because it looked like I was watching uh, JV football. It was bad. It was just, it, it looked like somebody took out an iPhone 8 and put it on a tripod, and then they recorded their game footage like that. So it was not an easy scout. But let me just go through some of his, his production stats, right? As a freshman, 24 receptions, 238 yards, 3 TDs. All right, not bad. Sophomore season, 43 for 537 and 5. Okay, all right. Junior, 41 receptions, 604 yards, 9 TDs. All right, I am intrigued. You know, the Vince McMahon wrestling meme where he starts, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. This season, in 11 games, hadn't missed a game in his career, mind you. 70 receptions, 916 yards, and 14 TDs, averaging 13 yards a catch. You've got my attention. You have my full undivided attention at six foot six, 250 pounds. He's a converted quarterback. The game film that I saw of him, he's smooth, man. This kid can move around. He can catch the ball. They lined him up in the slot. They lined him up in line, moved him around on the backfield. Very versatile. And when I was kind of doing my research on who he is, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., there were other draft guys like Dane Bolger who were saying, if he came out, this was at the beginning of the season, they were calling him a day three pick, an early day three pick who can work his way up to possibly being a day two pick in the NFL draft. And this was back in August. So based off of the season he's having now, he's somebody who can scream at draft boards. And you know what really caught my attention with this tight end is the fact that he was invited to the Senior Bowl. If you're invited to the Senior Bowl, there are people talking about you. There are people who want to see what you can do against elite talent. He's going. He's going to be there with Bryson Hopkins. He's going to be there with players like Brian Edwards. He's going to be there with Devin DuVernay and Michael Pittman Jr. So, and you know who isn't going to be there, which I just have to throw that out there, is Tyler Johnson, the senior wide receiver out of Minnesota. Kind of shocked me that he was not invited to the Senior Bowl. He's going to the East-West Shrine game, so just... Buyer beware on Tyler Johnson. You just need to have your antennas up about that just a tad bit. But Adam Trapman is somebody who, man, listen, again, unless he's picked in the second round, your league mates aren't going to know who this kid is. So write the name down. Somebody that could be a screaming value. And those of you who play in those tight end premium leagues, tight ends don't grow on trees. Remember the name, Adam Troutman, Dayton. 
All right, before we get out of here, just a couple of key performances to keep these names on your radar. Brock Purdy from Iowa State, another fantastic game. Went over Kansas, 372 yards, four TDs. Keaton Slovis, I think he's going to work his way up to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the 2022 class. Quarterback out of USC. Really think JT Daniels is going to have to transfer. Keaton Slovis looks like he could be the truth. Jaden Daniels, Arizona State, true freshman quarterback, Big-time win over Oregon, over 400 passing yards, no interceptions, three TDs. Jaden Daniels, once he gains 30 pounds, he's going to be a freaking beast. LSU, man, they've got a quarterback throwing over 4,000 yards, 2,000-yard receivers, 1,000-yard running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, six carries, 188 yards, and three touchdowns. Listen, I know Arkansas is pathetic, but when you're averaging 31.3 yards a carry, CEH is a beast. Go get him. Zach Moss running back out of Utah. Hey, I'm not the biggest Zach Moss fan, but credit is due. I give credit where credit is due. 203 rushing yards and one TD. Big win over Arizona for Zach Moss. Javion Hawkins, I've talked about the young freshman quite a bit out of Louisville. 233 yards, average 10 yards a carry on 23 carries with the big win against Syracuse. So Javion Hawkins looked really good from the receiver standpoint. Hey, Harrison Bryant, we talked about the tight end out of FAU. 10 catches, 182 yards, and one TD. Another one of those tight end sleeper prospects. Nico Collins, the wide receiver out of Michigan, had 165 through the air. Brandon Ayuk, just talked about him, 161 in a big win versus Oregon. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, his 12th 200-yard game sets the NCAA record. Jonathan Taylor's a stud. You know, a lot of wear and tear on his body, but when he's in the backfield carrying the ball, I don't think there's anybody who just is a better pure runner than Jonathan Taylor. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Devi Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have yet to subscribe to the DDP, please do so on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you are listening on Apple iTunes, if you can leave a rating or review, it would be greatly appreciated. If you guys are traveling this Thanksgiving holiday, be safe. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your loved ones. Don't eat too much. Try to get some exercise in. Enjoy football. Enjoy life. Hey, thank you guys for listening. You know what's next. Drop the music. Thank you.